grow up. I am super, super giddy because this is my first episode and I chose my first interviewer for a very good reason. If you are new, definitely check out my first two uh, videos that I posted on my IGTV. One is my background and one kind of explains uh, more of a gist of what this podcast is all about. Uh, but I don't want to waste any more time because I'm stoked to introduce Meek, who is not only a musician, he's also a culture curator and a producer. He is someone I met through my brother several years ago and, you know, in an art gallery where he released an album. And ever since then, I have been extremely, extremely impressed with his work and, um, you know, I've learned a lot from it too. So some of the topics that we talk about in this, this conversation is the importance of networking in the music industry, but also the importance of human connection and how vulnerability is a very, very key part of making long lasting relationships, just showing that you're human and learning how to not doubt yourself and really believe in yourself. And so on that note, Thank you again for tuning in, and I hope you check out this conversation. And if you have anything that you want to say, any feedback or any any suggestions, definitely let me know because this is my first, and I can't stop smiling because I'm just so happy and so grateful. Um, but yeah, just let me know, and I hope you enjoy. You know, one of the things that is important for me and the reason why I chose you first is not only have I been so impressed by how much you put out there um, that it, like, it is extremely impactful. And the one thing about music that I love is that you can learn things. If you really pay attention to not only the lyrics, but the way that you um, speak in the way that you kind of it's I don't know how to explain it but there is an art to not only music or art or anything is that it's soul you know um it's, yes. it's from the soul and you can see the like vibration of someone's energy as they are you had one video actually in particular sorry I'm going all over the place but you know it's fine the poem, uh, not poem, but you know, when you were on the streets, I wish I went back to, to look yeah. at it. But I was so just like moved by that because I love to write poetry. And I, you know, whenever I see someone um, exerting their, their feelings, their passions, mm -hmm. um, whether it be talking and showing it naturally through the way that you talk, your mannerisms, or, yeah. Any song is also a poem, and we talked about that. So I'm gonna let you take the stage because I will talk forever. But I'm just <laughs> no, so. no, it, no, it's it's all good. Uh, first and foremost, once again, thank you for having me. It's yeah. always an honor and it's a privilege to you know speak about you know the things that drive me, the motivation, you know, to get to get in front of an audience and give people a chance to know who I am and know why I do what I do. Um, so just to reiterate, I, I'm an artist from Chicago. I go by the name of me. Um, and as far as my background, you know, I come from, and you spoke about soul. I come from a very soulful family. Um, my father, you know, obviously he 
him and my uncles, they were amazing musicians in the 50s and 60s. It goes by the name of Kelly Brothers. Um, they traveled and toured with Sam Cooke, uh, uh, and uh, Aretha Franklin, uh, Patti LaBelle, you know, very soulful artists. Um, so that soul is in me, you know, and the crazy part about it is I didn't get into music until my dad was out of music. You know, I, he, he was kind of a bad, he was very bashful, very shy about his career. He didn't speak about it as much, you know, because I was born in a later in his life, you know, later years. Um, but then over time, as when I was a teenager and as I grew up, he started to explain to me kind of what his history was in music. And I started to do research on my own, you know, and I started finding out, you know, the type of record labels my dad was signed to, the type of artists he toured with, you know, the type of songs he made because he came from a gospel background first and then he got into R&B soul. Um, and it was very powerful. I'm like, wow, I didn't know that I had such a rich history. I come from such a rich, rich history of music. You know, so as I got older and I got into my late teens, you know, I naturally picked up an interest in music. Uh, my older brother on my mom's side, uh, he already had a studio. He was already working on music, you know, but a part of me, not because it was just in me, I just wanted to be like my big brother, you know. Yeah, it, was, it was cool watching him make music. And then over time, he would teach me about songwriting. I would watch him produce records. And, you know, I was starting to learn it along the way. And then at some point going into college, I kind of backed away from it. He moved to Florida. So it was kind of like in my mind, but I wasn't serious about it. It was just like an outlet of expression for me, just expressing myself. And then, um, you know, around that time going into my uh, early adulthood, you know, I started to get an interest in music again professionally. You know, so I wanted to network, go out to events, see who's doing what, kind of get a feel of what the hip hop industry in Chicago was like. Um, so once I started going out to events, I started networking, meeting people, and one person led to another, one person led to another. You know, I was, I always knew from the beginning, if you wanted to further your career, you had to meet people, you had to build relationships because that's where your um, music thrives. It thrives in your relationships. So one person led to another and it kind of formulated some of the more concrete relationships that I have today. You know, when it comes to uh, my main producer engineer, he goes by the name of Rashid ID. Another producer that I work with goes by the name of Slade, who's done a lot of amazing work through MTV with Jamila Woods here in Chicago, uh, add to uh, working with him as well. Um, so I started to develop a network here, you know, as I started to, you know, network, you know, with my music. And then over time, you know, consciously, I was just trying, you know, and hip hop is very competitive. So my mindset was, I just have to be very good so people can appreciate my art and things of that nature. And I didn't really seem to get a lot of fulfillment in that. You know, I was like, you know, this is, this seems like a means to an end, right? So what's the point? What's the purpose here? And then I started to dig deeper into who I was to say, okay, who are you? You know, what do you want to talk about? What are some of the things that, you know, inspire you? What are some of those things that people can connect with that's going on in you? And that's when I started to realize certain things I had, you know, a high passion for. You know, I had a high passion for, you know, seeing that our American society is, is, is human instead of racially divided economically divided, 
culturally divided. And you start to realize that us as a whole, we have more in common than not. And we grow up, you know, we grow up in these systems, we grow up in our cultures where we're taught to think differently, we see people as different. We have a lot of preconceived notions, a lot of pretension in the relationship with one culture to another, when in reality, we're all the same. We all want to be loved. We all want to love. We want to be validated. We want to, you know, be in relationship, healthy relationship. We want people to love us and know us for who we really are outside of what we think people want us to be. So that became the foundation and the basis of my music creation. I started to just really tap into those very human emotions that we all feel. And then those human emotions that someone who may not know me can see into that. Like, wow, I didn't know that. I didn't anticipate that. I didn't think about that, you know, because music for me has now become a place of perspective, you know, to get people to see a different perspective in how we see humanity, you know. So that's where you see a lot of my lyrical content and my content comes from. And I found a, a, a large comfort in that and, it, and, it, and it's pushing me to expand, you know, further and further into the human connection into the, you know, human emotions that I have. And if it doesn't mean anything, if it doesn't drive a conversation, if it doesn't develop a, a space where people can, you know, see things differently and approach it differently, then it, it just has no interest for me. You know, I feel like, especially post pandemic, we had a lot where we had to see ourselves for who we really were outside of our trips, outside of our jobs, outside of just having fun every day. We really had to sit with ourselves and say, you know what, who am I outside of what I do? Who am I outside of, you know, what people see me as? So now coming out of a pandemic and starting to really reingratiate ourselves back into society, that's kind of where my focus is, is to bring out those different human emotions that we seem to skip away from. And that some may, some people may not know based on different barriers that we have here in our society. I 100%, there was a lot of actual, uh, you know, things that you brought up. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and part, one, when you started, you said that there was a period of time, there was an age that you reached. And I was curious what age that was when you started getting like more involved with, you know, the history of your dad's music and, and um, the way that, he made an impact himself. Um, and that was around between 16 to 20. 16 to 20. Okay. So yeah, you were still young. And then you said that you kind of got away from music for a while because life got in the way. Um, yeah. So I think a lot of people my age, um, and as you were saying, and this is my whole goal, I, I want to network. I want to bring people together. I want to know that I know very well that there are so many people, so many different types of people that I'm like, yo, he can help her and then they can collaborate. And yes. then something, <laughs> I, I, I like- Something can happen, something magical can happen. Right, and I think as you also mentioned too, how people, when it comes to, I like to say that oftentimes I see people you know, naturally in society, I kind of, it reminds me of a hamster in a hamster cage and they're just rolling around. It's like a cycle where it's like, mm -hmm. oh, go to school, get married, get a good job, 
get a better job uh, and, you know, work your way up and, you know, mm -hmm. it's just a very, it's just cycled. And then, and then your kids, then you expect your kids to do it. If, and then you expect their kids, to, you know what I'm saying? And yes. so one of the biggest things and kind of like the gist of what you were saying too, was that not only the pandemic can set you apart or did set a lot of people apart. And I think sparked a lot of creativity in people because you have to like come yes. for the change. Yeah. But also is that like, you know, you, you have to reevaluate what life, what you want in life. And, yes. and it's not, you know, even if there are artists who put like, fuck bitches make money, um, <laughs> which sometimes I like, I mean, hell, but at the same time, you know, there's a lot that is bothers me because I think that there, there are so many incredible people and those, I'm not saying that those people aren't incredible, but yeah, yeah. they seem to have, they can make an impact, but once they're famous and, and it seems that being famous is the first goal for artists that mm. are not really connected soulfully, but more so a little bit um, distracted by, you know, society's uh, idea of what success is. It's like make enough money. And I'm not just talking about famous people. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, we talked about it before, but it's just, even if you're, it's like, yeah, you made however much you make, um, but where did your life go? Like, are you really here? Yeah. And, and so, you know, I think just people in general, they get so caught up in their life. They don't really get to live. It's just mm. fueling yes. everything and just getting by. And then, but again, making goals to, you know, work up with whatever you're working up with. And that's great. You know, I, I, I definitely want to interject because you said something powerful. You said something extremely powerful. You said people get caught up in life and forget to live, right? And there's a difference between the two. You know, in my opinion, living and uh, life, I mean, life is just where you start to find yourself just going along with the flow. You know, there's no stewardship to your day. You have no idea why you're here. You're just living and living and just going along with the mundane aspects of life. That's and, what the gets. It's right, and just going along with those different elements that you think people should see and should see you as. But then, you know, you, you forget to live. And live is starts with, to me, first it starts with your identity. It starts with you having a very well understanding of who you are outside of what you do, right. you know, it's so, it's so funny. You ask people, you know, how do you feel? Or, you know, what's going on with you? And they tell you what they're doing. They never tell you how they feel or what's actually going on or who they are. So that's what living is because now you're, you're in a space with your identity. Now you can serve, right. you can serve, you can sow into people. You can have very actionable understanding why you're in that person's life, what you're sent to do, why you're here to do it. And it can be multidimensional. You're not one thing, you know? So that's, that's kind of where 
at least outside of the pandemic where it helped me, it, it helped me sharpen more so, you know, why I do what I do, why I talk about the things I talk about. And once again, we need everything. We need everything discussed because that's what people learn and grow. Life shouldn't be one way or the other. If people, to your, like you just said, people talking about fucking bitches and getting money and that type of stuff, there's knowledge there. There's wisdom in that. It's crazy as it may sound, but you get an inside understanding of what that means. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to the person? How many people are actually having that idea and that experience in their head? Because I don't want to discount anybody from their experience. All I'm saying is it's wherever place is coming from, it should come from a place of truth in who you are, right. not from a place of what someone's asking or telling you to be, exactly. even if it's yourself. And, and what's kind of cool too is that like, you know, I, I agree with that 100%. And I didn't mean to shit, like, again, I do, I like every type of music. I mean, not really, <laughs> but like, um, <laughs> but anyways, is, is that, you know, it's also growth. You know, I've seen artists start somewhere and make it with, you know, and you can feel the passion, you can feel they're doing what they want and they're, you know, it's, it's good, it's awesome. And then you could also see shifts, um, which I think is pretty cool. Um, especially during the pandemic, um, even like, yeah. our, you know, um, it's like you can see, I mean, Jay-Z is, is one that I was thinking about like a while ago. Um, just, yes, you know, I love him, but it's, there's, I've, I pay so close attention to lyrics and the way it's combined with the mood and tone of the, uh, you know, um, track like the music behind the backtrack yeah like the beats and stuff and i found that what's really cool is if you are a music person even if you're not but like if you really are moved by certain artists um or have seen them grow because you've been listening to them for several years um or one one of my biggest things is I have so many favorite artists, like I can't even pick one. But, but I I research their history. Like I try to yeah. figure out what makes them who they are. And I'm like, because why am I, well, you're a big part of my life. Like meaning like if I have a favorite song and it brings me back to a memory and it does this and that, whatever. I'm like, this person, I don't know him or her but this one song, this one album, this, I'm like, it has not only engraved a memory in my mind, it's one that I could play every time I work out, every time I'm trying to like mm. meditate with my music, but, but it brings me back. It's, and I'm kind of like 90% of the time, uh, my family makes fun of me, but I have got these big Sony's I spent like, you see, you see, I got the big beats on, right? I was just going to say, <laughs> no, and I'm like, all the time, it's like my mind is kind of captured by music because it, it just brings me back to earth. Um, and every song is a different perspective. Every song is a different topic. And I love instrumentals as well. I play yeah. and I'm practicing others, but I'll look at the waves and literally I'm like, okay, it like crashes to the waves. So I, I try to follow, but it's so incredibly insane. It taps into every sense that you have. Like, you know, if 
in, in all I'm trying to say is that when I, when it comes to music, there is no immaturity to it or, you know, right. maturity to it because it doesn't matter how old you are. I'm like, I could listen, you know, to, I love Matchbox 21 <laughs> too. I love a lot of like nineties music, eighties, seventies, everything. Me too. But yeah. And so, so, but it, it reminds me, uh, even like Backstreet Boys. I mean, like, bye, 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 that one. <laughs> it, it brings me back to my childhood. And that ch my childhood is part of my identity. And you, as you were saying, and like, I've had, I had a really, really, really f like fucked up time, well, like recently too, but like within the last two years, I lost my identity completely. It mm. was, no, sorry. I lost my sense of identity and I, I've always been kind of lost um, when it comes, which I think everyone, I mean, you're continuing to yeah. identity, but is that I have never had such a shift where I, you know, you, you realize like that's when it all hit me that I'm like, yo, if I can be by myself here and and accept the solitude that I am in, no matter how much time I'm in there. Uh, that's kind of hard to explain, but and a little bit personal, but like, is that I'm like, I'm with myself. I deserve to learn about that person at which I'm yeah. in the inside of me. Because if yeah. I, no one else is gonna be in my shoes. No one else is gonna, like after surviving certain things, I. I was like, hell, what is stopping me from moving forward and actually exploring what I really wanna do instead of working my ass off or trying to like fit everything into a day, um, but not realizing how valuable that day is. One minute for someone could be several hours for someone else. And I know that sounds weird, but it's time. No, no it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't. Yeah, like time is subjective. Like you might be writing an essay and, and then you look at the clock and it's late or you're standing outside smelling like the air. And, and you know what I'm saying? It's that that person is in that moment and is taking every second minute or whatever to, to embrace everything around them. But then someone else could be just, you know, and I'm not saying, you know, you got to do your work, you got to do whatever it takes, but, yeah. but don't let go of, don't just try to obsess over living, getting through life, uh, doing it the right way. Just remember to live. Like, because if you can't get up, get out and smell the roses, and that's like a metaphor, but like, if you can't, then you might as well be in a, like, you know, cubicle for, <laughs> I, no, I know exactly what you're saying. I got a couple points because you made some very good points. It, I'll just use two. Um, you spoke about identity and how I, I can remember where there was points in my life where I didn't know who I was. And what one key thing that I've learned that is your identity isn't something that you find. It's something that's revealed. It's already there. It's just revealed to you. And we have to be under the right teaching and in the right places for that identity to be revealed. Because if it's something you can find, guess what? You guess what most people end up doing? 
They try to go and create it because I'm trying to find it. That's when it like takes you over. <laughs> I'm like, I have to figure out who I am. Why don't I know it? Or like, no, it, it it's something that is revealed to you. It's it's already there. It's just that the your identity is revealed by the right questions, the right love, the right grace, the right uh, friendship circles, the right teaching, the right anointing. All of those things brings out your identity because it's already there a lot of people are trying to look for something that's already there so that's number one and i think you made yeah and 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 i think you made another point about um when you were uh referencing how you know if you don't smell the roses if you don't just live life then you know you're gonna try to fit all of this stuff in a box and feel like you have to be somewhere People, you have to give grace and love to your humanity. And a lot of times what we end up doing, and I'm guilty of this as well, where we are trying to protect what people see about us. We're trying to design a life that we can represent to others that people can say, you know what? I like that life. That's cool. That's dope. That's X, Y, and Z. And a lot of people are afraid to bleed in public. And what I mean by that is they're afraid to be seen as doing something wrong, afraid to not get it right. In reality, we're all going through a space of humanity where we all have areas and places in our life that you know we want to improve on, that we want to have better, that we wish didn't happen or we want to happen, but it's okay. You're a human being. And the minute you can make resolve with the fact that we're human, which means that we're not perfect, nor do we have to be, nor that that's even a prerequisite for life, then we can find peace. Because then a lot of, uh, one thing that is really tough on, on people is the fear of man. People fear what other people think about them. And if you can get to the place where you can release that, where that is not a concern, well, even though it may be there, because once again, it's the direct result of we want to be validated. We want people to, to love us for who we are. But if we can get rid of the fear of man, then we can take risks. We can be okay with bleeding in public. We can be okay with not having it together. And we're not living for other people's perceptions of us. And I think that is very important that you see a lot of people trying to formulate an identity because of the fear of man. In reality, it's okay and it doesn't matter how long it takes, it's revealed to you. You're not on anybody's time clock. You're not on anybody's, you're not under anybody's pressurized uh, side of you to be something for them. It's okay. And the minute we can make peace with that, the minute we can make peace with ourselves. 100% agree. And, and, you know, even mentioning like, even the like correlation, I don't know if it's the right word, but with, your friends, your family, like whatever circle you, you associate you with or associate with, um, you, you know, you were talking about this and, and it reminded me how you're in order to grow. I really think you have to be open-minded because I think the problem in society today is that if you aren't open-minded and willing to take other people's perspective, um, reflect on it you know um and you know what i'm saying and, and learn something from it is that you all i just want to say this one key point because you just hit something and i'll forget it 
Wait one second. Can I? I'll still hear you, but can I really quick? It's literally right over. No, no. Hey, it's your interview. Keep talking. Keep talking. Yeah. No, no. Um, I was gonna say a key point. Um, You're good. Keep talking. You no, know, no. I, I know. I'm, I'm just trying to, to get it in my head the way I want, the way I want you want to say it. So a key point when you think about. Hmm, how can I say this? It's it's going back to identity where a person is attempting to construct, create, develop a life that they think people will agree with and be okay with. Because all of us have ugly parts. All of us has has things in our being, in our closet, in our life, our experience, that if we pull the curtain back, we're not sure how people will receive it. We're not sure if people will say, you know what, it's okay. We're not sure if people are gonna point at it and judge it. We're not sure if people are gonna criticize it, critique it, tell you what you should be, what you should have been, what you should have done instead of what the experience was. And those are the things that keep people in fear and not fearless. Right. So the thing is, we all experience some level of fear, but we have to have the courage to do it anyway. Right. What I always tell myself, what's the worst that can happen? It not work. I would rather try it and it not work than not try it and then say, I wish I should have done that. I wish I should have done this. There's nothing worse than living a life full of regrets. That is the worst life to live. And the reason why I believe that way, because it's haunting. Yeah. It will always come in the back of your mind like, I should have pursued that career. I should have made more music. I should have spent more time with this person. Or whatever that regret is, that, that way, that's why that the time that we have and the only time that matters is right now. I can't change anything that happened yes. and I don't know what's going to happen 15 minutes from now. Right. But what I can do is I can determine and show up for what's happening now. And I have the power to choose what that looks like. And if we don't, if we don't take that posture and that approach, um, you know, that's the way in which we struggle with our fears and it's going to be hard to eradicate ourselves from them to where is that they'll control us and not us actually operating, operating with them there and being okay with it and knowing that I'm just a human being. I fear, I have fears like everyone else and that doesn't make me more or less than anyone else. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you were talking about, um, the moment, like, you know, the fact that and it kind of reminds me of like smelling the roses, like even if you are working, like, you know, and there's a fan going on, I'd be like, yo, the fan's on, this is great. Like, um, <laughs> acknowledging what's around you, being mindful, mindful, being mindful, I think is one of the most important things to be is that you don't have to overthink anything if you are mindful of where you're at in this time in the very second where you are but one thing i think is an issue for some people and i everyone actually at times is that 
when you are caught up in the woulda, shoulda, coulda, what if, uh, et cetera, meaning so woulda, coulda, shoulda, past, it's gone. You're not gonna go back. Like, think about it. Maybe you won't have to be afraid for the what if, because there is no what if. Like that is also, yeah. that's also, um, it's not there yet. Like you said, you don't know what's gonna happen in 15 minutes. But do you want to turn that what if into what it could have should have or do it? And then that what if doesn't exist, learn it, it didn't work or maybe it did keep going. But that that one <laughs> what it could have should have and then what if. So that one right here, I'm not flicking you off. Actually, this is the no, it's OK. That, it's just, it's just this is yeah, this is how I like talk. I like do weird things, but is that <laughs> that's the part this part that's not it's still not but that's where you have to buckle down on remembering bringing yourself back to earth don't be so caught up in the past and in the future because all of what you are doing right now determines the future all of what you have done determines where you are at currently um, and the combination of the two can either bring stress, anxiety, or depression, or it can bring motivation, inspiration, and the urge and want to continue exploring your mind, not just your interests. I think people, uh, people are like, you know, you ask someone what they like to do for fun, and they're like, oh, I like to, you know, hang out with my friends, or like, even if it's a hobby or two or whatever. Um, but you you don't really go into like why it, it does i mean this is just broad but it's just kind of like yeah reminds me of like an elevator not an elevator pitch but like when you're in class you don't know anyone it's like say one fact about yourself and your name or whatever is that i think many times <laughs> you know say and you don't have to get into like deep intellectual conversations with everyone you have but one of the biggest things that you said that got me excited is my my biggest thing is that like I don't doubt there's not a single well actually I take that back there are some people but if you can relate and know that you're also human you know that you can relate to anyone and you mentioned that but that opens up the door even if you can't agree on anything or even if you don't agree on yeah. what's going on you're relating because you're debating, you're learning with that person as long as you keep an open mind and you don't just think that you're right all the time or that you are the one that has your shit together. And like, you know, because <clears throat> no matter what, this is one thing that also is something I've always remembered. And I was going to say his name, but I, I'm not going to do it. But when I was in middle school, I was in a lot of um i i like i think i told you i dislikes i have a lot of whatever but um i had to be in classes that um after school like after also like doing manning and and, and sport but they yeah. would have us be in these classes me and his name was evan i want to say <laughs> you know we would have to get taken out for tests um it was like you know special ed and 
I'm not, again, I'm not ashamed. In fact, is, you know, I told you about the Montessori school. Like, I learn hands-on. I realize that I'm still brilliant in a different way. And I'm Absolutely. not, as in like, oh, I'm not trying to, you know, eat my own ass, but more in the sense that school for the longest time has had made me feel like I was just like, you know, incapable person, you know, that is like slower, like, but no, it's like, what if I learn instead of seeing two plus two and I'm going all the way back is like, what, yeah. if, what if I see two blocks and two blocks, um, like physical blocks that, that I, that's math for me is like, not that, you know, I don't have when math gets hard. That's just a perfect example of like using other tools, smell, is the best way to memorize. So chewing gum when you're learning, it, smell is the number one memory trigger. Um, and there's there's different ways that you learn how to learn differently. And just because not everyone, you know, just because there's this universal, you know. Uh, yeah, which I don't agree with because everybody learns differently. Right, and, and it's incredible to actually, you know, get in tune with your inner self so that you can know that not everyone in the world is going to judge you or, or see this, this uh, very surfaced part of you. It, it kind of just opens up the door. And again, you talking about networking, and this is just a very important thing for me is that I'm like, you know, I think growing up, um, I think there are certain, a lot of people, um, and this is why I kind of had a hard time navigating through, you know, um, college and all that stuff was that there's a lot of draining experiences in your life because you're not really spending the time, which time not only is subjective, but it's so goddamn, uh, it's the most precious thing we have, I feel. Right. And, and I remember just kind of like going for what I'm going to use social, for example, um, instead of, you know, practicing, I like to sing too, but practicing like piano or music, um, I would kind of feel guilty uh, or like I'm not, I'm like, oh, I must be you know, MIA or like this and that, or like if I don't go out this weekend or if I haven't gone out, like, and so, but then I realized I'm like, that's because I'm like, I, I must look like, like, uh, you know, um, like I have no life or anything. That's why I like these Snapchats are kind of funny when people just snap like where they're at in a party or something. And like, but anyways, <laughs> it, you get so brainwashed from the behaviors of others that you start to go into those behaviors thinking that that is the standard um, of normal. And fuck normal, there's no such thing, but you know, it's incredible. The one, I didn't even say what, what Evan said. Wow, I went down a rabbit hole, but the one thing I'll get back to that is that what Evan told me was, you know, everyone's a, like, a fucking weirdo <laughs> everyone has the extent at which they show their weirdness because <laughs> he was just like you know 
you would be surprised. Like everyone, he was so, uh, what's it called when you can, um, uh, he had in, intu intuitive, he was very intuitive. Yeah. Um, and it kind of opened my mind up and this was in middle school. And cause I, you know, we were both kind of like stuck in these, these places it was for several years. And, you know, but is that I'm like, that's so true. Like you can't yeah. feel intimidated by anyone. There's no such thing as superiority or inferiority. Infer What's the other one? inferiority no, in, uh, in, inferiority or superiority yeah inferiority or superiority um is that you're not below anyone and you're not above anyone and not a single person in your life in this earth uh is either um so if you can level yourself um you know and some people need to humble themselves but some people need to gain more um confidence as well and there's a fine line between confidence and cockiness but what I've realized is that like we're not playing in a ripple wave of an ocean like where it's like oh if I'm not here or if I fall here it's like I'm gonna drown or I'm on the peak um <clears throat> no we're on the level we're on a level field we just all have different paths and you might be surprised how many paths you go through that'll navigate where you really want to go instead of just going down this straight, straight, lonely road, um, because that's, that's the main expressway. Uh, but why, like, why not adventure? And, and you know what I'm saying? So here, yeah, I, yeah, I'll shut up. I'm going down my rabbit hole, but no, it's okay. No, I, I was going to say, um, well, first and foremost, I think one key thing that you just did that more people should do is be vulnerable. Um, to be able to tell your story and to be able to say, hey, you know, I was placed in special ed classes for whatever reason, and I had to learn a certain way that really wasn't applicable to me. Like, it takes a lot of courage to say that and to open up. And I think that those are the areas where people connect that we connect at our vulnerability so what you do is when you when you are vulnerable you uh, you let the other people around you know that it's safe it's okay i can okay if, if she or he's going to speak about what's vulnerable to them then i can do the same right. and a lot of times where we do lock ourselves up and we're not vulnerable is when we start to see that our environment's not vulnerable so when you when you when you go into a room of friends or family or whatnot and everyone has it together and they're not showing their weirdness, they're not showing the parts of them that make them, uh, I guess, uh, weird or whatever the case may be. Well, then you know what you say to yourself. You say, "Well, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna since everyone has their representative out, let me show mine." Right. People are like, how can you be, I mean, my, my, in my opinion, it's like, how can I be myself before? This was before. It's like, how can I really be myself uh, if I'm surrounded by people who kind of not me? Okay, that sounds bad. But I think a lot of people in the situation, even if you're in, your, in a room with a bunch of people acting like they have their shit together, is like, you kind of have, you know, you have to hold your breath. You're walking on eggshells. But you know mm -hmm. everything is also walking on eggshells 
but mm -hmm. it's like there's there's always a part of me that I'm like I wonder what this person really is like or like yeah so you'll talk to someone whose voice is just like much higher and octave <laughs> around other people and then when you're chilling with them and you're just like hanging out it's like that's impressive like you should be an actress yeah <clears throat> yeah it was yeah it was kind of like i tell you for me what well, i started to I started to debunk that within myself and it got, and it started when I went to college. So when I went to college, like you, college was the first time where I was able to see and experience so many people who didn't look like me, who didn't think like me, who didn't come from where I came from. So little quiet is kept. I was very nervous in college. I was like, whoa, what? It was like, for me, it was like a 360. It's like, Everybody that I'm used to growing up around, especially on the south side of Chicago, no, none of them are here. None of those experiences are here. It's like, and and here I am. I'm like, am I dressed right? Am I? Do I look right? Do I? Am I speaking right? Like, that's how. Adapt. That, that, like. You know, I was gonna say it's almost like you have to adapt, but you don't have to, like, change yourself to adapt. I think adapt is almost a bad word because it's like, oh, you have to adapt to your you're uh no, so it's like that that's that's what i that's what i thought you know to answer your point that's what i thought but then when i started to realize like a part parts of me was just not comfortable right. parts of me dreaded going to certain classrooms speaking about certain topics because i felt like my experience wasn't applicable i felt like the curriculum wasn't applicable I, people didn't see that because I'm looking at everybody and everybody is understanding what's going on. And I'm like one of the only ones like, what, what is that? What are we talking about? Because I didn't come from that experience. But then when I started to, what I started to tell myself, I was like, just because you didn't come from that experience doesn't mean something's wrong with you. And it doesn't mean you can't be honest about it. So now I said, okay, practice and make sure you're yourself when you walk in that classroom. And I and uh, probably one of the first people that can probably experience this is probably even your brother Mike, because I was literally just everyone's like all perky and I do that and I'm I'm literally sitting back in the chair. I'm like you know I like you know I'm like I'm literally like I'm gonna speak from the core of who I am. I'm like I don't really know anything about that. I wasn't. No, I wasn't aware of that, but I'm willing to learn. Right. You know, I'm here. I'm I'm showing up to experience something outside of what my normalcy was. And that's when I started to realize, like when I got to college, how much different life was outside of where I was. And how if I'm going to be able to connect in any space, I'm gonna have to be vulnerable, which means I'm gonna have to say what I don't know and be okay with it. I'm gonna have to speak about what I'm afraid of and be okay with it. You know, eat, no matter if that person doesn't or those people don't or whoever's around me because I can't be vulnerable only when someone else is. I just have to be mindful of, you know, the space and environment that I am in within myself and know and be, be aware of when I'm being vulnerable or when I'm trying to put a facade on, or when I'm trying to protect something. And I'm like, because anytime I try, anytime I go to those areas of protecting myself in certain parts of me, 
that's when I, right. That's when I don't grow. Right. And I'm like, don't worry about that. It's nothing to protect. Right. You know, it's nothing to shelter. It's nothing to not expose. What's the worst that can happen? You are the People only. Know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, but you are the only person, again, who's always going to be with yourself. I think 10, 15 years ago, that one person, like in my, my case, like someone calls me, like, like we talked about, like, racism and sexism and all that stuff is like someone shoots shots at you and then it can hurt you for for a while but then you're just like wait this person really doesn't you know the book of life which is my my way of living my my number one moral is like one person can be one part one sentence in a page of your book and then you can we talked about it, i think but then yeah page or someone might last to be one of the main characters but is that like you can't you can always read back but you can't write back you can't read uh disappear the writing that you wrote if um like in this metaphor and you yeah. know what the next page holds so um what i what did i start saying actually i totally forgot um it's talking about vulnerability oh vulnerability okay Vulnerability, <laughs> vulnerability, I think is probably the primary key to connection or sorry, connecting, not yes. that, I'm talking about human connection. Heart um, to heart. Heart to heart, uh, because vulnerability doesn't have to mean like talking about yourself and like, you know, or like expressing something that's like very like powerful whatever vulnerability can literally be tripping on a stair with like other people around making eye contact with someone and like kind of laughing it off thinking no one's there like looking and then that when you realize I'm like oh shit like some stranger just saw that and then they're like <laughs> they're like you're good you're good is that I'm like that was kind of vulnerability like the the full effect of how I'm like yo I feel like that is how minimum it could feel like you're not the only person in the world because like other yeah. people are laughing along with you they're like oh I, or i like when people are like dude I, I do that all the time you're totally fine is that like it's kind of, it, that's that is vulnerability I, I i'll i'll even add on to that uh one thing that i've been practicing is you know the the hardest question to add to answer is how are you feeling you know, sometimes people say, how are you feeling? What do we naturally do? Oh, I feel okay. I feel good. Uh, everything's fine. Uh, I've been literally, when people ask me that question sometimes, I just sit back and I go, if I really don't know, I say, let me get back to you on that. I don't know yet. Or if I know what I feel in real time, I've, <laughs> it's like uh, like my son asked me the other day, he's like, how you feel, dad? I was like, I feel terrible. I was like, I don't feel good at all. And I've been literally getting down to the bare root of just saying it that way because it 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 brings you out of a space of having to, first of all, think about what you should be, think about what you should feel, and then saying it. Instead of just saying, no, this is just how I feel. Yeah. And that that's also with mindfulness and, and meditating is 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 yeah. just instead of battling how you feel or suppressing it, which is a lot of what happened 
in my life is just like, okay, just, just let it in. Mine too. Yeah, just let it in. I guess I thought I let everything go until it all boiled over, but, and that could happen to people. It could happen to anyone, either all at once or slowly in time, is that I, you know, knowing how you feel is so important because you're staying tuned in, in your mind and your body and how you're reacting to it and how you're reacting to everyone else around you because there's it affects everything but you don't have to battle it you can accept it <clears throat> one thing that like um i don't know if he's gonna see this but but my uh my ex would tell me and i know he was just trying to help but he'd just be like like don't like why do you have to be mad about this like just like kind of like battling from his own perspective, why you shouldn't feel sad or mad or any of that. So I would constantly be like, okay. Um, but it would still like inside, it would still be stuck inside. Like, um, yeah. it was like poison. It's almost like the bottle of liquor in front of you, knowing that like you wanted, and I'm not trying to talk about like substance abuse or anything. No, it's okay. Have like metaphors, but it's like letting, inside the doubt of feeling that you shouldn't feel a certain way you're still feeling that way like even if you're like oh yeah. bad. i feel bad for feeling bad it's like okay and, and we right and it, it we that's that's another part of our evolution is in is is people when it comes to maturity for others and how other people feel is that we have to get away from always having to fit, have a solution for everything. So if a person is saying, I feel this way, the natural response is, well, have you tried this? Have you done that? Sometimes it's just about talking about it. Sometimes a solution is not even needed. Sometimes what you're doing is you're just getting it out of your system, being vulnerable about it. And then it, it may come to a point where you can find a solution for it at some point, but at that particular time, it may not be a solution needed. You may just need to talk about it and not feel bad for feeling that way. Sometimes you just need that space in your relationships and your connections to have the safe space to say, you know what, I don't like this shit. Yeah. And that's it. It's like a, okay. Yeah. It's not, it's not a, well, what have you done about it? Have you fixed it? Have you done this? Have you done that? And a lot of times we're just like, well, I mean, we're naturally taught to fix things. So we're like, now that's the part where we start feeling bad for feeling bad. When it's like, don't worry about that. If it's just in you and you're getting it out, develop the safe spaces around you that is okay with that. And everything doesn't have to be fixed right away. Everything is not meant to, to be fixed. Sometimes you're just literally just getting through the emotion because you're not your feelings. Exactly. And it's 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 a part of just being human once again. I mean, maybe I'll just leave like being human. Is that yeah, like you 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 can accept every moment of how you are feeling because that is how you can process it and that's how you can move forward from it eventually. Uh yes. process it, process it. Right. If you know, you don't get burned literally and it heal right away. You don't like everything takes time, um, but you're not going to pretend like it's not there. You know, you got to take care of it. 
Um, pretty good. No, we, yeah, we're not talking about avoiding and suppressing. <laughs> we're just saying that it, you're right. It takes phases. It takes time. Right. And, and don't feel like you have to rush to have it figured okay. out and done. One thing, I'm um, sorry if I'm taking too much time with this interview. But no, no, you're fine. You're fine. One thing, um, and we can, yeah, we can wrap it up sometime soon. I don't know if it went over an hour. It still is recording. So that's, uh, but, we're, yeah, we're, we're over an hour. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, let me say this one thing and then we can, we can wrap it up. Is that Absolutely, um, go ahead. And I, I want to ask your advice on this. Um, mm-hmm. Age is just a number. Yes, people say that all the time, but age also comes with wisdom. And we have completely, you have like a family and, and um, so advice, you know, and I look up, when I say a look up to someone doesn't mean that I think that they're superior. It's that I think that their their work that they're doing is like, like I want to be, there's parts of you I want to be like. So I really take mm-hmm. people who I am inspired by, like I take their advice seriously. Other people, I'm like, eh. But anyways, I mean, I, I, I care about a lot of people's opinions, but I'm like, if it's kind of like battling me instead of helping me, it's a different thing. But I had and still kind of have a tendency to, if someone even looks at me uh, when I, I have a hard time making eye contact when I'm, um, when I can't get out of my head or I feel a certain way, um, or, you know, I have these texts and stuff. Um, but I feel like not everyone, but there are certain people that will look at you like you're about to cry. You want to cry, but you're holding it in. And like, if and I looked at you in the like eyes and this is very sincere, like these are people that are very, mm-hmm. sincere. I have a sixth sense. I sometimes think I have a sixth sense for this too. And I, I'm sure my brother told me you, um, I don't know if you remember the Tupac. Um, yeah. Uh, and he said my eyes too, but he was like, um, you know, we were talking about the interview and he goes like, you know, I, you know about this, but he mentioned it about my eyes too. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Um, and I won't get too into that, but it's the sincerity. Um, he's one of my favorite artists too, but it's the sincerity that he has naturally in his eyes because he is so mm. wise, so goddamn wise, so understanding of what's really going on in the world but anyways that's a perfect example of someone who will look at you won't say a word or maybe be like something's wrong like what's going on and then you burst like you're just like oh fuck like and it it comes out and those people are safe people to do it with sometimes but sometimes I'm just like please don't please don't like don't like I'm seeing that you're looking at me and you're about to say something and then I'm like my issue is sometimes I'm vulnerable to a, to a fault in the sense that I'm like, I don't have to explain this. Like I, no. I to be like, okay, well, I feel this way because this happened and, 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 and I don't know, you know what I'm saying? It's just it, yeah. this, this, this emotion and then feeling bad about the emotion is like something I'm still working through for a lot of different reasons. Sometimes, you know, um, Anyways, is that what is your advice on how to stop yourself when you've been so used to explaining everything, apologizing for everything? Like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm the sorry person, meaning like, I say sorry for saying sorry, or like, I'm like, can I go? To, <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but can I go to the bathroom real quick? 
like I know that that's a lot of stuff and I know you know I've got a therapist um I'm working with is that and I have been for a long time but is that how do you stop yourself from whatever that is if you can being basically being like being an apologist an apologist Uh, feeling the need to explain everything because you're like oh gosh this is weird that I'm not weird but it's like I don't want to burst out yeah Yeah. no 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 I I I I understand um I feel like the one of the first things I would say is that it's self-acceptance right you have to accept you for who you are and be unapologetic about loving you the way you are. Because when we apologize for who we are, then it has to sometime relegate to a connection or one of the strongest diseases in the world to me is people pleasing. So we have to accept ourselves and love ourselves for who we are because if we're apologizing for who we are and how we're made, there's something in us that has that is somewhere on the path of rejection that hasn't been healed yet because there's no need to apologize for who you are there's no need to tell someone that oh i'm i'm sorry if you know just out of a natural reaction i'm sorry because it can be a defense mechanism and it can be people pleasing and in reality we have to get very secure and very uh, we have to stand firm in who we are. I want some water. I'm not going to apologize for that. And the way, right, and the way in which you feel for me doing something that I need to do for me that's beneficial is your problem. It's not mine. We can't control what other people perceive and see about us. All we can do is be us and not take on what they perceive for us to be. We can't take on people's frustrations with us because what that tells you is that if you're frustrated about something with me, that means it's triggering something in you that's not healed yet. You have to. 100%. Yeah. You you have to deal with your own shit, just like I have to deal with my own. Mm -hmm. And if you're wise and you're smart enough, to know when you're triggered by what other people are are doing or not doing, that should be a key indication of, oh, I have to work on that. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, I have to deal with that. If I'm feeling par- parts of me that are getting jealous with someone, you know, why am I jealous? Because there's something in me that's not, that's triggering me. It's in me though, it's not in them, Yeah. you know? So, my advice is number one, you have to love yourself for who you are unapologetically and you can't own other people's frustrations with you. You can't own that. Whatever a person is or whatever they're dealing with, you have to leave them with that. And you have to be able to, and this is some of the best, some advice that my therapist gave me is that he said, you have to understand that the, at the end of the day, people only want you to know one thing about them and that's how they feel. They like to hear So, <laughs> Right. So when a person is speaking to you and they're letting their feelings out and their emotions out, 
and it seems to be accusatory in tone. It seems to be blaming in tone. It seems to be, they're speaking to you as if you're, you're a part of the problem. That's really not the issue. That's why you see people, couples arguing over who left a fork in the sink. That's not the issue. The issue is what that situation made you feel like. It reminded you of something. So you have to understand that when people are expressing to you and putting things on you, your first reaction shouldn't be, let me apologize. The reaction should be, first of all, I'm secure in who I am. And second of all, this person just really wants me to know how they feel. So even if I'm a part of the narrative as what's causing a problem, I'm not really the problem. The problem is they wanna be understood and they want someone to say, you know what? I feel, I, I hear you Yeah, which... and I'm, I'm listening to you. I'm being an active listener and people will start to say that, that's how you, that's how you can number one, not own what people are placing on you. You don't have to apologize all the time. And that's also how you disarm people. Yeah. And, and, and 100%, I mean, you, you just touched up. Not only did I think that like, I'm like, you said things that almost reminded me of those little notes you put in your head, and you, you know, when you feel enlightened at some point in your life, but you just forget. I mean, life gets in the way, and then that's the whole cycle. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yes, my own Yoda, but <laughs> but it's always so cool. Just like big Yoda, not baby Yoda, <laughs> big Yoda, yeah, the one that's got all the wisdom. Um, yeah, baby Yoda is funny, he's funny. <laughs> well, a little bit of both, yes, we all. Yeah old but uh you said one thing especially and if this was much longer I would go through every point but because that's why you know when I'm actually talking to someone one-on-one I can do that but I've always thought that being misunderstood is is the loneliest feeling in the world you just feel like it doesn't matter that there's hundreds and thousands of people out millions of people out there it doesn't matter if you even you know have a close connection and support system is that if you are misunderstood, you can hear someone say, Hey, I'm here for you. You know, I always will be, or, you know, I'm a good friend or like, I'm, you know, I'm your mom. I'm trying to do the best for you. Or, you know, A, B and C or your boy or whatever girlfriend is that if it doesn't matter, I can have a million people tell me that they'll, they're there for me. They care for me for me and they love me um but mm-hmm. the people who see me and understand me makes me feel like I'm I'm not alone um so you know to kind of wrap this all up is that like again human just being human and understanding that take yourself and your ego take your just realize that you you are doesn't matter how successful whether you whatever the way that you decide what success is to you but no matter how intimidating they might feel to you we were all in diapers when we were a kid we will all probably be in diapers. <laughs> someone's gonna wipe your ass eventually so just remember like <laughs> your point in life and, and you're in a prime point no matter what age you are because hell you know you're living and you're you have Today can be the start. You can start today or you can start planning something. Just start. If you want to 
you know, and this is all grow up, it's called grow up. But if you, if you want to grow, you want to grow, open your mind, um, start something you always want to start, take your baby steps and help. If, if it takes a lot, and I think sometimes in everyone's life, if it takes a lot to just get out of bed, um, you know, and, and make food, um, that's also an accomplishment for some, for people in certain times of their life. Don't think that starting means running 500 miles to do that marathon or even running a mile. Like, you know what I'm saying is that just know that you're, you're working on yourself. Um, and if you're in a place, um, you know, where I was, for example, where like, I was proud of myself for, 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 for taking off my PJs and like, just like, cause that's, that's where I was at at that point. Yeah. But someone, yeah. you know, making millions of dollars or has all these like albums out or like making a movie or something like that. That doesn't mean they're ahead of you or that doesn't mean you're being, yes. it means you're in a different point in your life because yes. you could be there or you won't, or it doesn't matter or vice versa. They could be there now, but there, there's going to be a point where they, they might fall. And so just don't, don't put yourself, don't cut yourself short. Um, and again, I, I wrap this up because I, I do appreciate this and, um, just that you took the time to do this. And I'm so stoked that you're the first, because I'm like the stuff that we talked about, um, I think can really help a lot of people. And I'll probably put a little segment after and before, because I know I took a lot of time just like sitting there, like, like eating my sandwich, but like before you oh, got there. Sure. I was recording it for a little bit just to like get prepared but anyways is that you know I can't tell you how grateful I am and I hope you know this is going to be a thing that I I hope to do is that talking to people now is one thing but my whole purpose for all of this is to see people grow I never want to see anyone fail so I'm excited that maybe um again in the future you know as we are as you continue to grow and as I'm starting to work on this, I'm like, yo, like here was one of our first interviews. And then like down the line, I'm like, if someone, if I do an interview with someone who's like becoming an entrepreneur, in fact, well, whatever is like, I can't wait because I have so much faith in the people, like certain people and a lot of people, but that I'm like, I can't wait to show people even if you're there right now where, or wherever you want to be, I don't like to say there, but is that I'm like, yo, but see this, here's why it's dope to do what you want to do because whether it be a few months from now, a few years from now, it's like, remember that? Remember when we talked here? And even if they are, yeah. um, you know, uh, like scientists or something is that, if they are really passionate about what they're doing, they're never going to stop growing in it, um, and nor will you. So on that note, if you have any, um, I don't even know if I'm ending this right, but I just like. <laughs> I, I think you ended it really well. Um, I, I just want to say once again, thank you for creating this uh, platform and, and being fearless, you know, and even if you are nervous that you, you have the courage to start it anyway. And to have me as one of the uh, first guests. So I really appreciate it. Um, you already know, I told you this and I'll say it again. 
anything that you need, I'm here. Um, it's not an issue. It's not a problem. And uh, I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, so, and once again, you know, website for those who are going to be tuning in, uh, neak-co.com. Um, you can find my Instagram, Facebook, everything attached to me is on there. Um, and like I said, it's a, it's a privilege. It's an honor. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, and anything you need, I'm here. Thank you, man. And I will 100%. Um, last thing is I thank you so much. Like I'm not like genuinely, like I, I can't tell you much. I appreciate that. Um, but you know, on the last note, maybe I'll have a little thing right here. I'll just put it below is I will have all of your, I want to make sure I get everyone who I do like every platform, um, that you have, I will tag it or like put it on the information part yeah. the description. And then also, so I know he's got a vinyl out the first uh, vinyl album. Um, and so the crazy part is it's actually almost gone. That's the crazy part. Yeah, mine's on the way, dude. This selling <laughs> out. Yeah, so, um, I will put, you know, either whatever you, something I'm going to do is just kind of like moving forward with everyone is just like, okay, you got an album out. This, this just came out. I want to be able to put that in my post after the interview video. I'm only saying this because I wouldn't do this in general, but I'm only saying this because this is my first episode for anyone else who's interested in doing a video. So definitely um, there are any highlights that you do want me to focus on, but there are a few like that stuck out to me that I will, uh, definitely put out there post this uh post posting this um because yeah. it's all about visuals and you know <laughs> people like yo this is real this is real <laughs> right anyway no, it's all good I'm looking forward to it thank you so much and you're a fucking boss and i can't wait to see how this goes <laughs> <laughs> absolutely give me it no go ahead if anyone reaches out to me who wants to reach out to you uh, and doesn't directly, I will definitely um, let them like reach out to you too. So yeah. I do, I want people to know how chill he is though and how down to earth he is because you might be surprised. Like, don't feel nervous about reaching out to people. Like it's, I, like, it's so dope how many people, Instagram, social media doesn't have to. Uh, I can't. <laughs> I can't tell you how many people did not reach out to me because they thought they couldn't. And I'm like, what? Like, then, just hit me up. So this is I'm how like, people get to know other people. I'm like, yo, if you just had a conversation with them, you wouldn't be so like scared. So anyways, <laughs> uh, thank you, Nick. <laughs> All right, thank you. Have a good day, the rest of the day. You too, Karen. Enjoy your day, okay? All right, peace. All right, peace.